please. Let's turn to page 646 to begin our service together. Page 646, the unclouded day. We'll sing the first, the third, and the last verse together. Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where the storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a king in his beauty there. And they tell me that mine eyes shall behold when he sits on the throne that is whiter than snow in the city that is made of gold. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me that he smiles on his children there, and his smile drives their sorrows all away. And they tell me that no tears ever come again in that lovely land of unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, the land of an unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Amen. Boy, sure looking for that day. Amen. And uh, what a blessing. Sure glad you're here. Uh, tonight, our oasis in the desert. Amen. And uh, come in to the house of the Lord and get a cool uh, drink of water from the Word of God. So looking forward uh, to tonight and getting back into our study of Ephesians and certainly our prayer request time and praying for our missionaries tonight. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask God to bless uh, our meeting. Good to see the Ramers uh, made it back uh, in safety and sure thankful for them. And so Brother Rich, would you pray for us tonight, brother? And once you be seated uh, tonight, and did just want to mention a few announcements. Of course, if you do have young people uh, in the uh, youth group, don't forget there is a teen activity this coming Friday uh, night. There is a youth rally there at First Baptist Church up in Mission, uh, Kansas. I know our group is going to be going, and Lord willing, have uh, several other churches uh, going. I do want to ask if you'd pray uh, for me as I'll be preaching uh, that meeting, and so looking forward to being a blessing uh, to those young people uh, there. Of course, this coming uh, Sunday is our uh, Thanksgiving uh, banquet, and so looking forward uh, to that. Always a good time in the Lord, amen. And so I uh, did just want to remind you, our morning uh, services are just basically regular times. We'll still have our men's prayer, uh, our buses. Uh, in our Sunday school hour, we are going to combine our two adult classes as well as our teen class and our guest preacher is going to be doing that, Brother Tim Knudsen, pastors uh, Jerome Bible Baptist Church there in Jerome, Idaho. And so he's going to be doing our Sunday school class and our adult classes, and as well as preaching in the morning service. And so then we'll head over uh, to the E.J. Watson Gymnasium over there, and we'll have some tables set up and things like that. We are doing uh, the uh, turkeys and, and hams, and so if you can bring a side dish and, and, or a, and or a dessert, however you want to do it, and we'll just have a good time in the Lord, and then we'll come back over here, and uh, we'll pray that Brother Knutson can keep us awake after eating all that food, right? Uh, no, we'll have an afternoon uh, service, and usually we end up coming back, I think, around 2.30 or so, and so we'll just take our time, have some good fellowship. Brother Knutson's going to preach the afternoon service 
and then there'll be no evening uh, service uh, that night. And uh, if you don't know Brother Tim uh, Knutson, he's one of those guys that really, he makes me mad because he can preach and he can sing, and he can sing really good. And so he's going to be uh, doing some uh, special music too, and so looking forward to that. And he's just a blessing. And so uh, don't forget about that, and just come and be here for the whole day, looking forward to what God uh, has for us. And then, of course, uh, that midweek there, uh, before uh, Thanksgiving, we're going to move our Wednesday night service to Tuesday night. So next week, all right, if you show up Wednesday night next week, you, you might be the only one here, all right? So I'm just saying there, there's hope that somebody else makes the same mistake, but I'm just... Anyways, we are going to move the, the service to Tuesday night. And something that we have done, and I really hadn't mentioned this because I think it's kind of a... Um, I guess uh, maybe an unspoken uh, kind of a tradition that we've uh, had started here, but uh, that Tuesday night, um, if you got a testimony in the Lord, bring it. Amen. And uh, let's uh, let's let the redeemed of the Lord uh, say so. I'll have a message ready, but that don't mean I got to preach it. Amen. And uh, you can uh, certainly uh, bring a testimony, and and let's uh, just give praise and, and thanks unto the Lord. I mean, after all, He has been pretty good to us. Amen. And so let's make sure uh, to do that. And then, of course, if you have kids uh, in our Faith Baptist School, our Christian school here, don't forget about uh, that coming Wednesday uh, uh, begins our, um, our Thanksgiving break. They'll be dismissing at noon that Wednesday, and then they'll be out of school Thursday, uh, Friday, and uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then coming back Monday. That's correct, isn't it? We have school Wednesday. Okay, just wanted to make sure. So I don't know why I didn't write that in my notes, but anyway, so... I might not be here, but I'm, the kids will have to be here, amen. So, uh, some other things that are coming up in the month of December, I did want to just mention a few of those uh, things. There, of course, is the uh, school Christmas play, the Christmas program. That's uh, Tuesday night, December the 13th at 7 uh, p.m. And then, of course, our Junior Church Christmas program is going to be Sunday, uh, December the 18th. We're also going to be hosting uh, uh, missionary uh, Kirk and Bonnie King to Albania, and that'll be on December the 4th. And then Brother Dave Hardy will be here preaching on December the 18th. And then, of course, Christmas does fall on a Sunday this year. We're going to have one service, and that'll be at 10 o'clock in the morning. So looking forward to finishing out the year strong. Amen. All right, let's go ahead tonight. If you got your prayer list, I do have some updates and things I just wanted to uh, mention tonight. And I'm going to try to go down through uh, my list here as best uh, that I can. Of course, can do continue to pray for um, our shut-ins and, and just folks that have been battling some health issues. Miss Carolyn Moore, uh, certainly continue to pray for her. And then also Miss Doris uh, Clark and, and just a lot of our folks on here, just faithful folks, people that would be in church, but just health battles and and things like that. I, I think of Miss Ginger Sexton and good to see Brother Gene back there and and uh, Owen Wood and, and Miss Irma Alonzo and continue to just pray for those uh, folks and did want to just mention these down at the bottom on the first row. Uh, they're the next to the last, Miss Shirley Duggar. That's a friend of the Clark family. And so Brother Gary let me know tonight that she actually did have her cancer uh, surgery. They moved it up uh, for the week and I believe it was yesterday. And so it was a five-hour surgery, but she did come through it okay, and so praise the Lord for that. So she's in uh, recovery, and so do continue to remember her uh, in prayer, if you would. And then in the second column, the fourth one down, that's Miss Wanda Jackson. That is Brother Chuck Bellis's mom uh, that had a stroke uh, several months back. They had to put her in a nursing home there down in the Osho, and I got a text uh, first thing this morning that they were headed down uh, there and uh, so she's been uh, really kind of battling with uh, just some of the effects of that and so if you would pray for Miss Wanda but then also pray for Chuck and Barbellis I know they would appreciate uh, that just faithful uh, faithful folks also if you would uh, add on our prayer list tonight Miss Melanie Edler for a special unspoken and so if you would uh, remember the, uh, them uh, her and her family in prayer and then also Miss Sherry uh, Griffin got a text from her uh, tonight she is battling uh, a heart arrhythmia and chest pain and so pray for her and pray that they can figure out what's uh, causing that and then also she asked if we would pray for their daughter uh, Sarah Griffin she's on the um, spiritual needs here under other requests on the second page there on the top section and so just pray for her she's having some back pain and 
just pray the Lord will use that too to really deal with her spiritually too. Amen. Uh, and then also the Paul Hazelwood family, I moved him over to bereavement. And I believe that's a friend of the Clarks as well. And and uh, we had him on our prayer list and he went home to be with the Lord. And sure, thankfully he had a good testimony of salvation. So that was a blessing there. Anybody else have a prayer request or anything tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? Brother Steve? Yes. Okay, that was the Mike Pierce family, right? And uh, so let's pray uh, for that. And, uh, and uh, passed away a few weeks ago, and they're going to be having his uh, service uh, Saturday. Yes, sir. Okay, so let's pray for the Parker family for that. Absolutely. All right, saw another hand over here, Brother Gary. Okay, he's been at work. He's shy two fingers, but he's been at work. Amen. Did they really? Son, I'm mercy. That's good. That's all I need. <laughs> Man, that is something. It's amazing. All right. Super glue. The miracle, miracle drug. Amen. All right. Uh, Brother Matt? Yes. Okay. So, uh, Amy's sick. And so. Okay. So, did I take it she responded with, uh, Something along that. Yeah, okay. So pray for Miss Amy. Uh, it's not feeling good. And uh, I know his family's been battling quite a bit of sickness and stuff. So remember the Whitney family in prayer. So anybody else tonight uh, have any prayer requests? All right, Miss Georgie. Okay. Praise the Lord. So that's Miss Laura Stanfield, right, with cancer. And so she has been doing the chemo and now doing the radiation because uh, she didn't get a good report. So appreciate you mentioning her tonight. So let's continue to pray for her and then also her husband, uh, Patrick, that's on there too. So let's pray for them tonight. Okay, Brother Gary? Yes? Okay. That's Matthew Powell's dad, right? Okay, and so, yeah, he's not been doing well, and they're going to be taking him off? Okay, so. Okay, so let's pray for that family uh, tonight. Okay, I saw another brother, Matt. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's Alan Reedy that's on our prayer list for the for back and leg. And pray for Miss Norma and also Becky too, uh, battling the COVID stuff. So anybody else tonight? Got quite a bit of sickness and things going around. So let's go ahead and have our men uh, come uh, tonight. And uh, we've got a lot, of, a lot of needs on here, amen? And so we need to be, make sure that we uh, take these things uh, to the Lord in prayer. And uh, he is sure faithful to answer, I know that. So, Amen. Brother C.J. Reeves, would you pray for us tonight, brother?
Amen. most recent update letter from the Mallards, our missionary church planters to Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And of course, as many of you remember, uh, they were on deputation uh, headed to Western Australia. And here a couple months ago, uh, the doors to Australia completely closed and uh, the Lord led them to the small town of Poplar Bluff, which is, I believe, southeast Missouri somewhere. He says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And that's a quote quote from Galatians 5.1. This is the verse God laid upon my heart in naming of, uh, the, of the church plant. Uh, the name of the church will be Liberty Baptist Church. Not only does Christ liberate us from the penalty of sin, he also liberates us from the power of sin. Praise the Lord for the precious blood of Christ. Over the last month, the planting of this church has become much more of a reality. We've obtained a P.O. box, a phone number, and have begun working on a website as well as a logo. As I reported in our last update, we'd begun looking for a place to meet. We looked at several places, and the ones that were within reason rent-wise would have required a great amount of work to make them ready to work as a church building. I thought we might have to begin in a motel conference room, but the Lord opened a door for us on another property. It's a storefront on the southwest side of town right off a major intersection. The property wasn't even vacant yet and hadn't gone on the market for others to see. We looked at it, prayed over it, talked to our pastor, and had our sending church pray as well. It was cheaper than anything we'd looked at and yet is in a great location, and the only thing we'll need to do is paint before we can move in and get started." We signed the lease and have already begun painting. We're very excited, and I will include some pictures in an email. Another exciting thing to report is we were contacted by a family that had recently moved to the area who were looking for an independent Baptist church. We had lunch with them, and they are excited for us to get started. So it looks like we will have at least one family to start with us. Because the Lord has given us a family and now a building, we're going to move our start date to the first Sunday in December. We still have our open house launch date as the first Sunday in January, but felt led to go ahead and start meeting in December. Please pray for us as we're now seeking to furnish this building. We have been given some auditorium-style chairs and are excited to watch the Lord provide for our other necessities as well. Our family is doing well. My wife is getting ready to head to Florida to be with Taylor as we welcome our first grandchild. Please pray for safe travel for her and a safe delivery for Taylor and the baby. I'd also ask you to pray for us during the time she's gone. She's sought to prepare us as much as possible. I know that Molly and Emma will will do a great job taking care of things while she's gone. As for Elijah, um, that for those of you who don't know, they have two. Uh, one young girl that they adopted and then her little brother that they are working on uh, adopting. Uh, we have petitioned the court for guardianship and have a hearing on November 23rd. Please pray for the Lord's will in this situation. We'd love the opportunity to raise him in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I want to thank the Lord for those who pray for us and for those that support us financially. Thank you also to those who have responded with their intentions of continued support through this time. If possible, pardon me, Uh, we thank you all for your investment in the Mallard family. And their grandson that he mentioned uh, was born yesterday. And at this point... uh, Mother and son are doing just fine. So certainly thankful for the update there. Uh, Brother Alan Quinlan, would you pray for the Mallards as well as our other missionaries?
What a blessing, amen. It's just amazing to see the Lord doing things only he can do, amen. Let's all stand together for one more song tonight. Page number 634 on Jordan Stormy Banks. Page 634, we'll sing all the verses as we sing that out to the Lord tonight for our last song. Lift it up with me on that first verse. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. All o'er those wide extended plains shines one eternal day. There God the sun forever reigns and scatters night away. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. No chilling winds nor poisonous breath can reach that helpful shore. Sickness and sorrow, pain and death are felt and feared no more. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. When shall I reach that happy place and be forever blessed? When shall I see my Father's face and in His bosom rest? I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. If you're bound for the promised land, say amen tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's remain standing, get our Bibles ready for the message tonight. Blessing. Good number on the buses tonight, and uh, good stuff. Uh, so uh, I got nervous, man. I got up here on the platform, and Eric wasn't here. He was still out on the bus, and I thought, man, am I going to have to lead the singing tonight? And, uh, and then I thought, and then I said, watch the people dissipate, man, as I start leading the music. Amen. So sure thankful, though. Thankful our buses were able to run tonight, and uh, just a real blessing. Well, Ephesians chapter 5 tonight, and again, appreciate you standing in honor of God's Word. Just going to read four verses tonight, get right into our study. Uh, we, we know this, that Ephesians is a very rich book, isn't it? And uh, it's just like drinking water from a fire hose, as one of my preacher friends said one time. And I said, yeah, that's, I've never tried that, but yeah, that's about right, amen. And uh, it'll just drown you, amen. It's just, just wonderful, wonderful things. But we also know this, that in chapter 4, it turned into a very practical, practical book, all right, for the, the child of God. And it'd be a fact, our, our, our text tonight, uh, really, it, it starts out very similar to, uh, or on a similar topic as what chapter 4 did. So chapter 5 tonight, and the Bible says this, Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ Uh, also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let let it not be named once among you. Now, I'm telling you, we've blown that one in our day and time, haven't we? So, So he says, let it not be named once among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather, all right, giving of thanks. And we're going to stop uh, right there. And, and what I want to point out to you is this, is that if you'll notice in verse number two, he says, walk 
in love. And so once again, our, our, our subject tonight of our walk, our way of life, it, it comes uh, into view. If you go back to chapter 4, he says, he says in verse number 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. And so there is walk, and now we're hearing more about uh, this walk. Now we know this tonight, all right? We are to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. All right. Well, well, and really, if you get to the end of chapter four, like we did last Wednesday night, we saw the practical side in how you do that. It's by putting off the old man and putting on the new man. Right. It's putting out the things that are evil and putting in the things that are right. And and, and so you understand God wants to change us both externally and internally. Right? He wants to change our, 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 our tongue and our tempers and our talents, but He also wants to change our hearts from bitterness and, and, and unkindness and wrath and anger to forgiveness and grace towards one another. And, and, and we know this. It's not a, well, I've already done that. It's a, I am doing that mentality. It's a daily battle. But tonight, Paul, if I could say it like this, he looks at the subject of our walk from a different angle, because here's what I, I know as a, you know, whether it be a pastor or a teacher or an instructor or even a, a student myself, there are people that are book savvy, all right, and then there are visual learners, right? There are people that go, man, I, 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 I kind of understand all that, but could you show me? You know what Paul's going to do tonight? He's going to go, all right, I've talked to you about putting off and putting on, putting out, putting in. Let me show you what that looks like. You know what it looks like? Jesus Christ. So you know what really, the, essentially what he's saying here is this, is that our walk, our way of life should imitate Jesus Christ. So that becomes the question for you and me. Does our walk imitate the Lord Jesus Christ? Father, would you bless the preaching now in Jesus' name? Amen. You may be seated uh, tonight. Sure appreciate you standing. I... I think every parent is aware of this uh, tonight. But children, children are imitators. And really, uh, and unfortunately, and, and I think you would agree with me tonight, sometimes they are imitators of their parents. Um, I, 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 you know, now, in some cases, we would say, well, that's, that's an okay thing. But in some cases, if you're honest with yourself, God, I'd, I'd really not like for them to imitate me in some areas of my life, right? And uh, we want them to get all the good things and call out all the bad, but the reality is they are imitators, amen? And so that's just the way it is. Probably one of my, my favorite uh, stories of my uh, children I- imitating me or w- is when my son Luke, uh, he's, you know, he's about six foot three or six foot four uh, now, but there was one time where he was about you know, eight or nine, uh, ten years old, and so he was only about... Uh, this small and, and, you know, and even when he got went down there, he was cute, but we don't know what happened. All right. So uh, anyways, uh, he about this tall, though, he was about nine or 10, 11. I can't remember. I was I was pastoring uh, in Cassville, uh, Missouri at the time at Bible Baptist Church. And every year our men would go uh, to the men's advance in, in Stillwater, Oklahoma, at the Bible Baptist Church there and uh, just would always have a great time. Well, what they did was, uh, for the men's advance, it was like a two-day uh, meeting, but the, the day that the men's advance would start that on a Friday night, but during Friday, during the day, they would have a golf tournament for all the men that, that wanted to play in that, and they would host it at one of the local courses there in Stillwater. And so me, and there was one other man in our church, Brother Anthony Littleton, he was, our, he was my, kind of my right-hand man there. And he played golf and I played golf. And so we would always leave a day early and we would go, uh, we would go and we'd go to Tulsa and we would eat at Ted's, uh, Mexican restaurant. And then we would go play golf that day. And then we would go, uh, all the way to Stillwater and spend the night. And then we'd play in the golf tournament, uh, the next day. And so my son was kind of getting up there. He got his, he got his own set of clubs and he was playing golf with me at the golf course and stuff. And so, he was like, Dad, can I go? Dad, can I go? And I'm like, all right, you can go. And so he, he tagged along uh, with us. And so uh, to, we went to Tulsa. We went to Ted's and, and ate. And then we went and we started uh, playing golf that afternoon. 
went to a little uh, golf course there. And I don't remember, it was on the back nine somewhere. But anyways, Brother Littleton and I, we got up on the tee box. And, and so I hit my golf shot out there. And, and uh, I hit a, a straight drive. It went out there. It was about 100 yards uh, from the green. And Brother Littleton, he was back there. And he's right hand. So he hit his shot and he mishit it. But he still got it straight and it went out there. It just didn't go uh, quite as, as far. Normally he goes past me, but he just he was back a little bit. And then Luke, we drove up a little bit to the little guy tee box and Luke got out and he hit his ball and he hit one good and straight and it was actually out there right across the fairway from me. And I thought, man, that's a good shot, buddy. Get in the cart and don't say a word. <laughs> All right, so we went out there and, and uh, so Brother Anthony, he gets out there and he's, He's back behind us and he hits his shot and it goes up there and on the green. I'm like, awesome, man. Good shot, brother. And so me and Luke and uh, Anthony stays back there in his cart. So me and Luke, we, we pull our, pull, pull the cart out there and I get out there and I get up and line up my shot and I, and the ball goes, oh, that's the wrong way. And I miss the green and a hundred yards out, man, that's, that should be on the green. And I'm aggravated and I'm like, Man, you've got to be kidding me, getting back in the cart. And so Luke gets over there, and he hits his shot, and his ball goes, that way. And he missed the green. And Luke did this. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> he gets back in the cart, and all I can hear is Anthony back there laughing so hard. And I'm like, what is so funny? And he goes, your son acts exactly like you. And I said, I know. Pray for him. Amen. That's... What, what I'm saying to you tonight is this is that children are imitators of us. How we act, they act. All right? What we like, uh, they like. Uh, what we do, they do. Well, what, well why? Well, be, because they are born of us or they spend much time uh, with us. They are constantly uh, around us. To them, if I could say it like this, we are their visual I- examples they are learning from. And, and though that gives us a, a great warning as parents, right? I mean, it gives us a great warning to be the examples that we need to be. The, the reason I'm going at from or dealing with this tonight is to say that this also speaks uh, to our text tonight. I want you to notice verse number one of our text. He says, he says, be ye follow, be ye therefore followers of God. Now watch this as Dear children. Okay? Now I want you to watch this. Notice he says, Be therefore followers of God. And do you know what the word followers means? It literally means this. Imitators. That's exactly what it means. And so appropriately he says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Because children do exactly that. They imitate. And so that's what Paul here is saying. And so just as our children imitate us, what he's saying is this, is that we are to imitate Jesus Christ in how we live. The idea here tonight is this, please get this, that if you are saved and you are placed in Christ Jesus as the theme of Ephesians is, then you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You are born into the family of God. And praise God, nothing will ever change that. But you understand, friend, you are now called to walk worthy of that vocation, that calling as a child of God. And the way that you do that is by imitating His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying in our text tonight. And really, what I would say to you is this, is that what follows in verses 2 Three and four are what this looks like. So let me give you just two things tonight, and uh, we'll kind of wrap this up. But here, here's what I would say to you tonight. Uh, if you look at verse number two and verse number three, it says, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself <clears throat> excuse me, for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor, but fornication and all uncleanness and uncovetousness, let it not be named once named among you as becometh saints. And so here's what I would say to you tonight. That in order for us to imitate Jesus Christ and to be followers of God as dear children, as it says in verse number one, then here's what Paul, I, this, if I could sum it up, it would be like this. Then we are to walk in love and not in lust. 
That's what he's saying. And, and notice the, the contrast. I mean, that's, I wanted to read verses 2 and 3 so that you could see the contrast. I mean, you, you look, he says, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and, and, of course, gave himself for us. We understand that. But if you'll notice in verse number 3, but fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it, let it not be once named among you. The idea is this, is that where verse 2 instructs us to walk in the love of Jesus Christ, Verse 3 gives us things, obviously, we're not to walk in, and they all revolve around lust. They all do. He says, let it not be named once among us. And man, again, I mean, listen, we, I think we need more preaching on this today because it's being named a lot among us. And you understand, listen, I, and I want to go down, this is an adult crowd in here tonight, but let me explain some things to you. From verse number three, fornication is, is sexual sin outside of marriage. Fornication and adultery is different. Okay, in the scriptures. Fornication is sexual sin outside the bonds of marriage. All uncleanness, he goes on and says, but fornication and all uncleanness, all uncleanness, listen, listen to this. It is anything physically or morally impure. So you'd understand, friend, that, that considering the context it would obviously revolve around things that are lustful or related to sexual sin, things like pornography or any type of perverted uh, entertainments that, that seem to so saturate our world today. I'm just, no, 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 come on, friend. You got to acknowledge the truth here that the reason why this is being named so much among us is because it so saturates our lives today in our private life. I'm just telling you, man, I'm listen, from the pulpit to the pew, people are wrapped up in this stuff, and then 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 it begins to manifest itself in their actions. And what Paul's saying is this is that those things shouldn't be in our lives. Anything that that is physically or morally impure, and then he goes on to say this covetousness. And again, it's it's the same. It's, it's the same context of having to do with lust. And so it's the idea of lusting over the opposite sex that, that belongs to someone else, someone else's spouse, someone else's daughter. It's really adultery. It's where it's going, which is sexual sin inside the bonds of marriage. And, and notice, so he says, let, not, not, let, let these things, let it not be named once uh, among you, all right? But then notice how verse 3 ends. It says this, as becometh saints. You, you understand that, that the word saint is just simply someone who's saved. Now, I know, well, wait a minute, preacher. I mean, according to the Catholic Church, you gotta be, you gotta perform a miracle and then be voted on and not, no, 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 no. In the scriptures, you don't have to be voted on by a false religion to be found worthy of being a saint. You have to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. If you've been saved tonight, listen to me, you are a saint of God. All right, you understand that? The moment that you called upon Christ as your Savior, you became a saint of God. But you've got to understand this tonight. That title, saint, that implies a responsibility that comes with you and I. If you're saved tonight, listen, because here's why. It literally means this, sacred. It's sacred. You know what that means? That means you're sacred. You are, you, come on, you are sacred, meaning this, you are a child of God. Is anybody catching this? You are saved and you are a child of God. You are redeemed. You are bought with a price. Please listen to this. You have been set apart and sacred and sanctified and saved. You are a saint in God. You, that, what, so what I'm saying to you though is this, is that it means that if you're saved, then here's the thing, then you're not called to walk in the lust of this world. You're called to walk in the love of Jesus Christ. And this is what I know, okay? When you look at this, and, and you go back to verse number two, verse number three is obviously where we're not supposed to be, but verse number two is, is where we're supposed to be. And I just, I, I just want to, and I think we would all understand some things here about love, agape love, walk in love, 
all of that. But let me, let me just, let me just give you the things that jumped out to me, which was really this. There are, there are two clear things, two clear things that are made in verse number two. Okay. And, and here they are. Number one, this, this is what I wrote down. Look at verse number two. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. So here's what I know. Jesus is the standard of love. Not the world. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I like that it says we are to, we are to walk in love. All right, great, great instruction, but it doesn't stop there because really to make sure that you and I understand what this love looks like, he goes on to say this, as Christ also hath loved us. And I, and I would say to you that that's exactly what Jesus Christ did when he gave this commandment to his disciples in John 13. When he said this, when he said, remember, remember he said this in John 13, 34, in a new commandment I give unto you. That, that you love one another. But, but watch, but he also said this, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Meaning, meaning to say this, that the way that you're supposed to love one another is not dictated by the world's standard of that. It's dictated by what, how I love you. I, uh, <clears throat> I know probably many of you were here for Sunday night's uh, message in, in the life of Joshua, but we saw, we saw one of the major ways in which uh, the devil works in our day and time, and that's through deception. I mean, listen, he, he's, he is the father of lies, amen? Uh, and we also know this from Ephesians in chapter number 2, that he is the prince of the power of the air. You understand tonight, that means that the devil's not the king of hell tonight. He's very active among this earth. So we would understand that tonight. And so that means he's, he's using deception right now. Now, the reason that I'm bringing that up is because I want to say this to you tonight. One of the big ways in which he is deceiving people is by redefining what words really mean. And I know we dealt with this a lot in the book of Romans with the word faith because faith isn't accepting the facts. Faith is trust. It's putting your faith and your trust in someone establishing a relationship with. You can believe the fact that there is a God, but the devils also believe and tremble, James said. That's a dead faith, friend. You need a trust, a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and, and putting your faith in Him. So we understand that, but I want to say to you tonight this that another word that is being definitely redefined in our day and time is no doubt the word love. You and I would understand tonight that what the world calls love is really lust in the Scriptures. It's really what it is, friend. It, 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 it's exactly, it's, it's, it's that which verse number 3 really begins to describe. The, the pervertedness, the erotic stuff, the selfish and the fleshly things. So we need to first understand tonight that if we're going to walk in love, then it's Christ that, that is our standard for this love and, and not, not the world, friend. It's, it's not the world that dictates to us what God's love looks like. It's Christ that does that. It's Christ that does that. He is, our, he is to be our example of love and even our primary influencer of how we manifest that love in our life. And I listen, I, I don't think I need to spend that much time explaining to this crowd tonight how evil and blasphemous our world has become by associating our Savior uh, with the Sodomite movement and the perverseness of our, our world and how, let me, let me just say to you tonight, it is a sick thing to attach the name of Jesus Christ to that stuff or to say, that well, Christ would approve those things. No, He wouldn't. I said, no, he wouldn't. You, you, you understand, that is utterly ridiculous. That is utterly ridiculous. You can get squirmy or nervous or what. I'm just telling you that, listen, Christ made it clear. God created them male and female. Well, there goes your bathroom issue right there. 
There's no such thing as transgenderism in the Bible. God didn't make a mistake when he created you in his image. Stop it. That's nonsense. That is utter foolishness, friend. And by the way, Christ clearly defined marriage between a man and a woman, one man married to one woman for one lifetime. That's an even higher standard. You understand, friend, it's, I'm just telling you tonight, it's, it's not that he's just against homosexual marriage. He's also against shacking up together. He's also against premarital sex. He's also, listen, he's against fornication. He's against all of that stuff. So don't partner him up. And you need to understand this tonight. The scriptures, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, make those things clear. It is an abomination unto God. Charity, friend, God's love, it rejoiceth not in iniquity. It rejoiceth in truth. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, friend. There's no getting around that tonight. It's, it's utterly self-centered and perverted and lustful, and that's not Jesus Christ at all. Don't, don't come to me and I go, well, you know, no, 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 no. The point is to say this, that when the sodomite crowd cries, love is love, and demands that we that the religious crowd accept their evil and honor their marriages, that is nonsense. I don't care. I don't care how much the world cries it or the media cries it or whatever. It is a lie of the devil. I said it is a lie of the devil. It's a good thing my notes are only four pages tonight because I might just get off on a rant here in a minute. You, you understand? That's called deception. I said that's called deception. That's, that's not love at all. That's really lust. And though the rest of the religious world will go along with it, I'm not. I, I saw, I think it was uh, today, an article that the, that the Mormon crowd uh, just went ahead along with it. And I'm, well, that's fine. They're a cult anyways. There is no another testament of Jesus Christ. The, the revelation closed, friend. You don't need to add to it. In fact, he said he'll curse you if you do add to it. It's nonsense. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just telling you, no, no, please, please understand this. I'm not saying we need to be ugly because here's why. They need the love of Jesus Christ and they need to be saved. I'm not, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not advocating that we be cruel or wicked or mean or spirited or any of those things. But I am saying that when you try to line up Jesus Christ with that which is in verse 3, which is fornication and pervertedness and wickedness and lust and that which is of the flesh and self-centered and, and gratifying of your own heart's wickedness and desires, that, my friend, is utter blasphemy. It's utter blasphemy. And I'm not going to go along with that, friend. That's not what, that's not what Christ loved. The, the world, this world that's crying love is love. It's really lust. And that's not the standard at all of what we're to imitate in Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not at all what it looks like. But, but you understand tonight, it, it's not in men either. And I, listen, I, I think about men that have influenced my life. And I, I think about I think about certainly Pastor Abel's at Pastor's Berean Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri, and, and training under him. And I don't know how many times I've went somewhere and went. I never forget. I was preaching chapel at Heartland Baptist Bible College one time, and I got done with the chapel service. And one of the professors goes, he goes, "Man, preacher, I could have closed my eyes and thought that was Jeff Abel standing up there on the platform preaching." And I listen. I don't. I'm not gonna. You know, I don't get insecure and go. Well, I just. I don't. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for his influence, and I'm grateful for that. And, and, but here's the, what I'm trying to get across tonight is this, and I praise God for that. But as much as He is an influence, He's not my Savior. That's right. That's right. He's my Savior. Amen. And so you understand, it's, it's not the world that dictates the standard of what love's supposed to look like. It's not other men. My friend, it's getting in that Word and finding out about my Jesus and my Savior who showed compassion, who stood for what's right, who preached the Gospel, who ministered to people and served others and loved others and sacrificed. That's what love looks like. Amen. In fact, that's what he goes on to say. He says, walk in love as Christ also hath, hath loved us. But then he goes on and says this, and here's what that looks like. And hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. So what he's saying here is this, is that our standard is Jesus Christ. And just so we're clear on what that standard 
what it looks like. He, he says this, that Christ's love, it was one of service and sacrifice. Now, now what? Now, oh, come on, watch this now. Because when you think about serving others and ministering to others, but then you look at verse number three and you see fornication and, and you see uncleanness and, and, and you see the, the covetousness. Please listen to this. Every bit of that is centered on selfish. It's, it's gratifying the flesh. It's pleasing self. It's what I want. But Christ didn't do any of that. I said he didn't do any of that. You think about the times people came to him, surrounded by crowds and was in great need, and he gave himself. He gave himself. Listen, one of the, one of the most powerful scenes to me is when he puts on, a, puts on an apron and washes the disciples' feet. Amen. Stinky feet. Man, I love baby feet. But once they get about that long, I'm out. Nasty. Gross. Put some shoes on. I don't even want to see that nasty little pinky toe. Gross. And he washed their feet. Listen, he washed Judas Iscariot's feet. Knowing he was going to betray. When he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Can you, come on now. Even on the cross, he wasn't thinking about self. He was thinking about them. That's powerful. That, that's, listen to me. That's what agape love looks like. Amen. Don't come to me tonight and go, well, preacher, don't you know love is love? No, it's not according to this world. He's the standard. He's the standard. Now, what, now watch this. If he's the standard, how are we walking in it? Are we serving others? Are we sacrificing? Are we ministering to others? Come on, that's, that's what he said. Because here's, here's, here's what I find. It's oftentimes that we're serving others so that others will serve us. Yeah. Or we might sacrifice for others, but we're hoping others will sacrifice for us. That's right. that, that wasn't the motive of our Savior. Now, I'm just saying that because I know those are things I have to battle in my heart. That's right. If they're not in your heart, praise God, but I'd venture to say they are because that's what's in our flesh. That's our self-centeredness. That's our verse 3. And what Paul's saying is this, listen, if you want to imitate Jesus Christ, then it looks far more like verse number two, not verse number three. In fact, here's what else he goes on and says. Look at verse number four. Aren't you glad we're already to the second point? We only got one verse left. Look at what he says. Look at verse number four. He says, neither neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of, of thanks. And, and so again, here's what I would say to you tonight, just based on this verse, is that, is that in order to imitate Christ and be followers of God as dear children, that, then we are to walk in praise and not in perverseness. I, look, look, verse. if you look at the end of verse number 3 and move right into verse number 4, it is a, it is a continual thought because... Because verse 3 ends with a, with a semicolon. And so here we're given this, this other contrast, if you will, that was kind of like how verses 2 and 3 were, except this one is just all in one verse. And so where the previous contrast deals with the attitude of the heart in love, and, and this contrast deals with that which, which usually is the first to reveal where the heart is. The tongue. the tongue. Something about that thing, man, it gives away where you're often at spiritually, doesn't it? What he says there, he says, he says neither filthiness, the word filthiness that begins verse 4 there, it literally means this, obscenity. Obscenity. It is cursing and filthy language. It's what it is. And, and no... We already dealt with this at the end of chapter 4. Go back and listen to the message. Words are not just words. Don't come to me like, well, you know, words are just words, preacher. They're not really cuss words. We made them cuss words. No, there are godly, there's godly communication and there are filthy communication. Listen, just like love is not just love. Words are not just words. You understand? 
And then he goes on down and he says, this is interesting. He says, nor foolish talking. Okay. Foolish talking literally means this buffoonery. We go around using that all the time, don't we? That just sounded buffoonery. I don't even think I used that right, did I? Speech associated with a buffoon. Now, if you're like me, you're like, okay, I kind of got the idea of a buffoon, but what does it actually mean? This really kind of brought light to it. But in Webster's 1828 Dictionary, a buffoon, listen to this. It is one who makes a practice of amusing others by vulgar jokes and pleasantries. So therefore, foolish talking would basically be this, the telling of a dirty or perverted joke. Hey, preacher, come here. I got a good one for you. Listen, if it's along this lines, I'm okay. I don't want to hear it. Notice he goes on and he says this jesting. And it's actually wit, but it's wit with vulgarity. It's a way, listen to this, it is a way to entertain others by poking fun of or putting others down. I want to be clear on this tonight. The Bible is not saying we can't joke or cut up or even have fun or laugh. Amen? Praise God, I'm not Amish. I'm Baptist. I don't know. Maybe Amish do laugh. I don't know. They just always look so miserable to me. I don't know. Maybe it's because they got those crazy haircuts and overalls and riding horses, but yet they still use a cell phone. They're just confused. <laughs> well, what I'm saying to you is this. He's not, he's not saying that. Please don't misunderstand that. But what he is saying is this, is that we do need to be careful how we do those things. Because here's the thing. If it has to be perverse or worldly or even cruel towards others so that you can be exalted... then it shouldn't really be funny or used by someone who's seeking to imitate Jesus Christ. In fact, here's what he says. And notice he says, he says, so these are things that are not convenient. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not good for edification. They hurt, things like that. But here's what he says. But rather, listen to this. Giving of thanks. What he's saying is this, is that rather than our speech having all of these other things, it should be filled with a giving of thanks. Having a heart filled with the joy of the Lord and from our lips coming praise and rejoicing in Him. Didn't know I was going to have a Thanksgiving message tonight, did you? This is what I thought about. It is, it is nothing, listen to this, and I'm just telling you, it's convicting to me because it speaks to things that I battle with. But I'm telling you, and I found this to be true in my own life, it is nothing but pride within the heart that seeks the attention of men through these things. Let me say that again. It is nothing but pride within the heart that seeks the attention of men through filthiness and foolish talking and jesting. It's pride. That's all it is. Now watch this. But it's the humble heart. It's the humble heart that realizes where you'd be without Jesus Christ. And learns to fill their lips with praise and thanksgiving towards Him because their heart is filled with that towards Him. Did you get that? I listen, I <clears throat> these are things you battle with. I they I battle with. But but I know this that this is what he said. If you if you want to be followers of God, you this is how your walk is it's to imitate Jesus Christ. So you're to walk in love and not lust. And and you're to walk in praise and not perverseness. And, and, it's, and it's, it's just, it's a visual, just a visual learning, you, you know, instruction here. Just to look at Christ and go, this is how we're supposed to walk. 
But what I find in it is the question then becomes, okay, so how do I, how do I do that? How do I do that practically in my own life? Okay. That's the question that I started asking myself. And this is what I came up with tonight and I'm through. Okay. How do your, how do your children imitate you? They're around you all the time. They're around you all the time. That's how they imitate you. I mean, I, I remember my son taking him to play golf with my father-in-law. And we spent like four, five, six hours, you know, driving to the golf course, hitting balls on the driving range, playing golf. And my father-in-law, <laughs> my father-in-law would hit a bad shot and he would go, Oh, Alan, that's his first name. He'd holler at himself. We're out there in the backyard one day, and my son, we had just played golf, and my son, and we're hitting golf balls in the yard, and my son mishit a shot, and he goes, oh, Alan. <laughs> I called my father-in-law right then. I said, you ain't going to believe what your grandson just did. <laughs> he tries not to say it now when he's golfing. It's hilarious. He goes, oh, and then he looks at me and goes, I didn't say it. <laughs> I said, but we both know what you were thinking. <laughs> just by being around him that long, he just picks something up and begins to imitate what, what I'm trying to say to you tonight is this, is that if we want to imitate Christ, and we should, we should want to walk in love, right? And we should want to have our hearts filled with joy and praising Him. And so how do you do that? Be around Him more than you are. Yeah, amen. Okay, so how do you do that? <laughs> Why don't you read the book? Amen. Yeah. You... you, you you want to know who Jesus Christ is, read the book. You want to know why the world and why much of Christianity is buying into the deception of the world's message? It's because they're not in the book and they have no idea who He is. Get in the book. Get in the prayer closet. Spend time with Him. I know for me, it's when I'm not in the book and when I'm not in prayer. I sure find it very difficult to imitate. But in fact, I find myself more like verse number three in the first part of verse number four. You want to imitate Jesus Christ tonight, get in the book and get on your face in prayer. And you will quickly find yourself walking in love and walking with praise and thanksgiving. Let's all stand tonight.